0: Everyone, I'm Julie Gunlock, your host for another episode of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. For those new to the program, this podcast is focused on how parents should custom tailor their parenting style to fit what's best for their families, themselves, and most importantly, their kids. Today, I'm thrilled to have on Ian Pryor as a guest. Ian is the executive director of Fight for Schools. He's the co-founder of the humor website, Daily Malarkey, which everyone should check out, and he's the CEO of Headwater Media. He previously served President Trump in the Department of Justice. And prior to working in the political arena, he was an attorney in New England. Maybe my first question should be, why in the world did you leave that life? That sounds pretty sweet to me.
1: Ian, thanks for chatting with me today. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no, that is a good question. And actually, it's kind of interesting because I had always you know, when I was a lawyer, the, the last four years that I was really practicing, I was at the city of Boston, in the corporation counsel's office. And I, I literally took every case that I could to trial. And I'd worked at big firms before. And I, you know, it just was, I mean, there's a lot of work, but it was also a bit slower paced and you didn't get to go to trial, especially if you're an associate. And so I wanted to actually be an assistant U.S. attorney. And yeah. I was out looking assistant U.S. attorney gigs like all over the country because there was a hiring freeze and Boston is a is a tough place to do that. Uh, and then that's eventually when I got involved in a congressional race and thought to myself, well, maybe, you know, I could go down to D.C. and work in a congressional office as a, a counsel for a little while and then transition over to a prosecutor. And, you know, it just didn't work out that way. I ended up being in the political arena instead of the, the legal arena.
0: Well, I tell you, you know, I'm leave. I'm actually leaving for vacation um, tomorrow night, and we go up to Maine every year. And I, am, I am, I'm, I love Maine. I love New England. My, my whole m- maternal side of my family is from New England, and it is a different pace up there. You know, now you're my neighbor. Essentially, we're both. We both live here in Northern Virginia, and I feel like, um, the, I feel like nor- Northern Virginia in particular, but Virginia itself has just kind of a little crazy. Um, over the last couple years, um, particularly in the education front. I don't know how long you've lived down here and if you can compare it. I know you obviously didn't live, you were in um, Trump's Justice Department, so I know you've been down here for several years, but have you also noticed this, a pretty quick uh, sort of precipitous change um, culturally around here? And also just, I don't know, I feel like the, the anger meter has, has gone through the roof.
1: Yeah, well, I think there's a there's a few things to that. First of all, I I lived in Alexandria when I first came down and, you know, it was right when my oldest daughter was born. So I didn't not things that I was paying attention to up until, you know, three years ago when we ended up moving to Loudoun County, in part because, you know, Loudoun County schools were reportedly some of the best schools in the country. And, you know, I don't think there was any issue that that first year uh, that was, I think, 2018. And, you know, but once we got into the pandemic, I think that's when things really started to be more apparent to, to parents, right? I yeah. mean, you, with the, the school closing issue out here, you had a lot of dedicated parents that that were organized and were going to school board meetings, pleading with the schools to reopen, yeah. pleading with the school board. And, you know, they weren't getting anywhere. And they they felt extremely frustrated. They felt that you know many of the school board members were just either not listening to them at best or, or mocking them at worst, and you know then I started paying attention to some of the stuff that was going on with the curriculum and how they were handling this this equity push, and I you know I just did a little digging on my own and found out that oh they're paying five hundred thousand dollars in twenty nineteen to this this company called the Equity Collaborative and and this group ran focus groups and excluded Asian families and Caucasian wow. families wow. from wow. those focus groups. And anyone that knows Loudoun County knows that the, you know, Asian community is driving the diversity or the diversification of yeah. this area. I mean, there are things like 24, 25% of, of the population. And so that just, you know, struck a chord in me. Uh, and then I looked through the report that they did and you, you know, you had all these sort of anonymous um, statements by students and parents about disparate treatment of individuals but there was no nothing to sort of verify that there was no yeah. um exploration into well is this just an accusation or is there is yeah. there more context to this and that, so they took those anecdotal statements and they turned it into effectively data um which is you know we're only talking about you know 10 to 15 different statements that they then used to really create this push in Loudoun County public schools that is continued to this day.
0: Yeah. You know, you mentioned, you know, all the slew of things, you know, and you've been really a leader. I mean, you've been really out front on these school based issues. And this is like CRT. You mentioned CRT, the unwillingness the absolute unwillingness to open these schools uh, you you've commented on the masking issues and which is now sort of the big issue people are fighting now masking of kids you've also talked about corrupt teachers unions and oh, you you mentioned this earlier the school boards who who now tr- it, it, the visuals of, of these school board members treating parents with such disrespect and some of the videos i mean Loudon County really has been in the spotlight because of these videos of of parents like you said pleading with these people there was also these videos of parents reading from some of the books that are assigned these kids which embarrassed the school board meeting and I love this one father saying look if you're embarrassed if you're uncomfortable sitting here reading this why are you assigning this to you know a 14 year old kid it was a great moment and I think honestly your work also to highlight this has been so critical but there's something else and I don't know I you know I obviously I've been following you you're great on Twitter and you're off you're on the news constantly talking about this stuff and I just I feel like as a northern Virginia parent but also I mean You've said this a million times. This is not just in north northern Virginia. It's happening everywhere. I think just as a parent in general, I really thank you for the work that you've done. But one of the things you're most well known for is exposing what 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 n- not just what's happening in Loudoun, but specifically the actions of a group called the anti-racist parents of Loudoun <laughs> County, which you refer to hilariously. And I, I, I honestly I, I must have gotten a hundred texts from moms that were laughing hysterically saying, did you hear about the Chardonnay, Chardonnay Antifa? So to li- to people who don't know, because I do have people who listen to this podcast from all over, who, tell us a little bit. Can you give, I know you're probably, I hope you're not tired yeah, of talking absolutely. about this because it is no, the best, no, no. it is the best story. So tell us a little bit about what happened. And again, I love that you, you sort of coined the phrase Chardonnay and Antifa. It's just beautiful. Tell, tell us about that.
1: Yeah. So, so this, yeah. And this is actually a very important inflection point, I think, in, in what is happening, not just in Loudoun County, but as, as, you know, we've been in the news, it's really because of this, this private Facebook group yeah. that, you know, it, I guess at first it was just a bunch of parents that that call themselves the anti-racist parents of, of Loudoun County. Um, and, you know, they, they had been talking in there and they're you know, very, nasty people that that seem angry at just about everybody. We actually saw screenshots where they they literally actually ran a minority individual out of their group because she wasn't anti-racist enough. Um, But it really, yeah, it really took hold when you started getting school board members joining that group. And in March, you had had one school board member in particular um, by the name of Beth Bartz, who essentially put out a call to, you know, try and Silence the people that were opposed to critical race theory. now she really had one or two targets in mind, and you know you look at her screenshots and your posts, and you can see that she was she was going after these two um, an organization and an individual. But what ultimately happened in this call to action is that all these these individuals in this group started just listing names of parents, and you know there were postings in there saying we need to infiltrate their groups. We need to publicly expose them. We need to hack their websites and redirect them to pro-CRT websites. And that ultimately got out. Uh, It got out to a reporter. But even before the reporter had it, I think the night this stuff was going on, the school board and the superintendent were made aware of it by some of the people put on that list. And they did nothing. They did absolutely nothing about it. And so when the story comes out a couple couple of days later, I mean, it just kicked off a community as you would expect i mean yeah. you know it's first of all you've got these these neighbors you know against neighbors but even more concerning is that you've got six school board members that are part yeah. of this and one of whom really like lit the fire and so that is that is really the inflection point of where you know you had parents that were organized speaking out but then you created a bigger group of parents that said you know enough is enough and it kind of reminds me i don't know if you remember the the Batman movie that with Michael Keaton, when he's, he's, you know, he's got the Joker up on the top of the church and the Joker says, you made me. And and Michael Keaton's like, you made, I made you, you made me first. So for these (laughs) school board members that are sitting there saying, you know, we're the ones causing the problems. We made this situation. No, you made it first.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and it's interesting to me, and I, I think you've talked about this on other shows, Loudoun County is the richest County in the country I think we're starting to see some of the most radical actions taking place in wealthier areas. And you you even hear you know, we're, we're sitting here kind of talking about public schools and public school boards, but you hear about some of the private schools in New York city where, you know, tuition is 60 plus thousand dollars a year. And these schools are, you know, cranking out some, you know, CRT, like it's the best thing ever. And, and there's virtually no pushback in those communities, too. So this is really, it's interesting that I, you see the most radical behavior in these wealthier communities. What do you think of that?
1: Well, you know, I think where, where it comes to Loudoun County, it's the, the growth of Washington, D.C. is part yeah. of it. And people are are moving out from Arlington, Alexandria, Fairfax, and moving into places like Loudoun County, but they're bringing their politics with them. You know, there used to be, people used to say about Loudoun County, don't Fairfax, Loudoun County. Now they're in yeah. fauquier saying don't don't loud wow in fauquier uh, yeah. so I think that's one of the reasons and then obviously the the tech sector and the data centers out here are bringing in lots of people um, you know driving increase in the population, so it's becoming you know more um, left leaning in some respects than than it had before as as people are are moving out here, but you know what you're seeing here is that these these far left activists and i don't say democrats because there are a lot of i have we have democrats on our board we have lots of democrats that have signed you know recall removal petitions um this is not a as much as the left tries to make it a republican democrat thing it's not that Um, we have polls showing showing quite the opposite not you know not that democrats are overwhelmingly with us they're not but it's you know good 25 to 28 percent are opposed to to a lot of these things going on in, in the schools here in, in Loudoun County and in Fairfax County.
0: No, I totally agree. It's really interesting because uh, during sort of the Trump years, you know, people you had, you know, the never Trumpers who were kind of, you know, constantly saying, oh, I you know, I don't have a home now. You know, I don't know. I don't you know, I'm, I'm sort of politically homeless. But I think the same thing is happening on the Democrat side where p- many people on the Democrat side, we, we you know, we have some very, very good friends who who are Democrats and they have said they're Uncomfortable because they are now agreeing much more with Republicans um than you know Biden and the you know Pelosi Democrats and 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 sort of the AOC contingent the squad if you will I hate that word squad but you get it and they said I just I don't I don't know these are the leaders of the Democrat Party and I. I am so un—I'm—I'm I'm so unsure of where to go because they, you know, obviously they're Democrats. They've been Democrats their whole life, so I think there is this sort of what I like to call the reasonable people—the reasonable, um, you know, sort of moderates—who now, you know, you—you you mentioned they that group kicking a woman out because she's, you know, a woman of color because she's not—I don't know if it was a woman, but a person of color getting kicked out of that group because they're not anti-racist enough. I mean, you can never really please these people, but I do think on the Democrat side, we're seeing the same kind of homelessness and and confusion about where they belong. And I think there's an opportunity for Republicans really to 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 convince people that, you know, we for instance, you know, and, and I I know I know for sure that that most people who are fighting against CRT certainly want a rigorous historical curriculum that teaches about slavery, that teaches about Jim Crow, that teacher teaches about civil rights. We want all of this stuff um, you know, taught and rigorously we don't want this stuff swept up and and to be honest with you i don't think it has been i mean i think my children before all the crt stuff was deployed i have you know i have children in middle school and their their teachers both african-americans taught exceptionally well taught these subjects exceptionally well and exceptionally fairly um it was actually just it was soon after that that we had to pull our kids out um but i i think again i think there are a lot of very reasonable people out here that are very confused about the extremism and the radicalism that they're saying
1: yeah and i've got two points for that first you know the the straw man argument that oh, well if you're opposed to critical race theory then then you're against teaching accurate (laughs) history no what here's the deal it's we want to, we, when our kids are in elementary school and when they're in middle school, we want them focusing on reading, writing, math, science, right? Before they have the ability to critically think and right. fully understand these, these um, you know, theories, right, of, of looking at the world. And, you know, as far as history goes, listen, I read history for breakfast, okay? It's one of the things that I've always done throughout my life. And you don't have to go farther back than the autobiography of Frederick Douglass. And what he talks about in there is that, the the way he was able to essentially free himself from slavery was learning to read and write that gave him the intelligence the ability to understand what was going on in his life and ultimately led him down the road to freedom that's number 1 number 2 i had a really interesting experience last week so i had you know i, I was at a an event where we were gathering, gathering signatures i had my fight for schools t-shirt on and I went into Barnes and Noble to get this underwater camera that my kids have been like bugging me to get. And I've been to like five stores trying to get it probably should have just gone on Amazon. But, um, so I walk <laughs> in there and, you know, uh, maybe 60 year old black gentleman came up to me and said, Hey, are you the, are you the guy that, um, that that's been on TV talking about critical race theory? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> and, um, and you know, he had a, he had a copy of, of white fragility and he said, I'm a you know, full disclosure, I'm actually, you know, pro crt but i'm really trying to learn more about the different perspectives can i buy you a coffee i'm like absolutely and we literally sat there for an hour and a half and just had a fantastic discussion and i don't know that he convinced me or i convinced him i mean maybe we you know we just got each other's perspectives but it was a great conversation it was a great conversation about history. Um, about different, you know, different possibilities for, you know, maybe doing something a little less divisive in schools. And, you know, I thought to myself after that, it's like, look, we need more of that. Right. Where these are divisive things just because you're, you know, for critical race theory in schools doesn't mean you're a bad person or against it doesn't mean you're a bad person.
0: It's important that
1: you're able to sit there and have conversations and say, listen, here's why I think this doesn't work. Here's why I think it does work. And, you know, have those conversations. But ultimately, what you're seeing is at the school board level and the school administration level, they don't want to have those conversations.
0: They don't. They want
1: to do what they want to do with your money. And you're just going to have to deal with it because you know why? There may be more parents out there than there are school board members in special interests, but they're just not organized enough to really make an impact. And that's, that's, right. that's what we're trying to change.
0: Well, I do want to talk about your organization that you run, um, and I I want to find out how people can get more information on it, Um, Fight for Schools. I love the title. That's what we need to be doing. But I, I want to bring up one more area, and that is sort of the intimidation factor. You were on Tucker. I'm not sure exactly when, but recently you were on Tucker, and I swear this, I loved what you said about... There are three critical things to fight back against these woke people, these woke types. You said one is fearlessness, two is substance, and three is mockery. I, I yeah. swear I have not, never been able to say, like, you need to have this three things in order to fight back. And then I heard you say that, and I was like, that is the exact formula that you need to, and I want, I could honestly, <laughs> I could talk about this for an hour, but I want you to talk about why are those th- three things so important?
1: Yeah. So, you know, I've, I've been, like I said, working in, in politics for, you know, about 10 years now. And I always kind of come at it from just a, a sense of humor where, <laughs> look, there's important things that you have to, you have to focus on. And that's where the substance substance is, right. And, and you need okay. to make sure that the things that you're saying are not um, you know, are correct. That right. you, you can back them up with facts and evidence, um, and you need to be fearless, right? Because as it is now, I'm, I'm getting attacked. There was a, a Vice story about me that, that called me a mad dad, uh, which is oh. going to be a T-shirt soon. So look out for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we also have the Army of Moms T-shirts coming out too, nice, nice. Uh, and, and you got to be able to do it. And I, I will say, like through this exercise. I've I've developed a thick skin like I don't really care what the the media says about me I don't really care what people that don't know me say about me it's they you know they don't know what I'm what I'm thinking they don't know what I'm trying to do because they don't really care to learn but as far as the mockery piece I mean look it's everybody wants to go on attack all the time where it's just anger and hate and social media and it's listen just brush it off with some humor but I and and, and that's kind of always go ahead.
0: I also but I also think there's something really important about the mockery because it it takes away their power. So in Alexandria, Virginia, and you know, this is something Anne, I'm sure you understand, but it's but people outside the city don't understand this. Alexandria is its own school. School district. It's, it's a, it doesn't, Alexandria City does not belong to a county. So it's funny, we're always, everyone thinks that I, my children are part of Fairfax County schools, although like they're not, they're no longer public schools. But when they did go to the public schools, they always assume Alexandria is just part of Fairfax. Or, or if you're even further out and don't know how Virginia is, they think we're part of Loudoun. I I had people text me and say, I saw those Loudoun viral videos. Is that your school district? And I'm like, no, I live like, you know, I like, a day trip away like no it's not mine but i'm i i very quickly it became clear to me that um the school board in this town and the superintendent in particular didn't really have time for parents didn't care about parents and the smug attitude that these people had when parents would approach them with a problem was just unbearable. It was really hard for me to watch them treat parents so badly. And one thing that I've consistently done is sort of made fun of them for this, right? One of mm-hmm. our school board, yeah. you know, our school board chair, she sends both of her kids to a Catholic school and then she tweeted one day d- the, during the height of the pandemic when the, the city schools when she refused to open the city schools, she goes day drinking with her husband and actually says like, "Oh, it's so great the kids are back in school. My husband and I are celebrating." This is the woman who is keeping the public schools closed but she can day drink because her you know because her kids are in a private school our superintendent he made national headlines when he put his daughter he's he's mocked parents he actually told parents that if they considered a private school um, after he had closed the school for over a year if, if they considered private school or educational pods or alternatives that they were contributing to the Um, educational gaps in the country, right, which is essentially telling them they're racist um, if they consider, Mm -hmm. then he enrolls his daughter in a private school. Of course, I had a field day with that on Twitter, making fun of him for that. So I think in some ways it takes a little of their power away. And if you can laugh at them and show how absurd they are, um, I try to explain that to people. It makes it makes them so mad. First of all, they can't stand the disrespect, but it reminds people. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah. So I'll give you an example that something just happened yesterday. So and it relates back to that whole Chardonnay Antifa group. You know, the, yeah. the sheriff investigated, um, you know, they determined that it, they weren't, you know, the Commonwealth wasn't going to pre- um, press charges. But if individuals right. wanted to press misdemeanor charges that, you know, they were advised of those rights. So for, for us, I'll be honest, that you know, them closing that investigation was, was pretty helpful um, because now we can FOIA everything and we did FOIA yeah. everything. And it gives us a lot of fodder for the removal uh, efforts. But you know the the lawyer for this this one person, Beth Bart, sends out a press release, and I mean this thing might as well be written it. in crayon, okay? <laughs> like the margins are all over the place, and then it, it her name's Bart, and so and then he said um, when he used Bart as in the possessive, he said B A R T apostrophe S, like this is your client. So is her name Bart or Bart? I mean, come oh, on! No.
0: Oh God, that is. She to, needs, maybe she should hire you. Maybe she should hire you, like yeah, a you know, yeah. media guy. Um, well, I did yeah.
1: have I, one time, one case I had. It was uh, an employment discrimination case, and it was you know maybe ten years ago. And uh, we were ju- we were winning. It was a two week trial. I was defending the second female lieutenant in the, at the Boston Fire Department. Just a, a ridiculous plaintiff. And he comes up to me before closing statements, and he's like, maybe next time I'll hire you. <laughs> I'm like, no, you won't, buddy. I can I can't <laughs> represent you.
0: But that is but that is so important. And just just what you did, you took a group with a fairly serious sounding what are, what were they called? The anti-racist parents of LA, yeah. right? You know, you take that it sounds fairly, right? Like and uh, and you know, look, we don't have time to get into how many people are confused that anti-racist is actually racist. They don't under, they many people are like, "What's wrong with anti-racism? Isn't that good?" And then you have to like spend 20 minutes to explain like why it doesn't mean what it's what you think it means but that is a fairly serious sounding group anti-racist parents of Loudoun county right and then you turn it into chardonnay antifa which i can't tell you i mean that was that was so brilliant and it turned them into a mockery and it explained exactly what they were bored women probably drinking too much at night right and having this sort of (laughs) fantasy life i mean it really is and being bullies drinking a little too much, and then turning into bullies and trying to scare people. And you know what? they That can be intimidating. You know, I, I'll just tell you, you know, I sort of exist in this mom world, right? And it can be intimidating. And you do want to have friends. And the other thing is, as I will tell you, because it's been very hard for me living in this city, you worry also it'll affect your children. Will they not
1: mm-hmm.
0: be? and And I'll tell you, it has affected my children. We have been left off invitations. We have not been in. There have been groups of people who do not speak to us. My children have not been invited everywhere. And because mommy sometimes goes on Fox and defends the second amendment, you know, so you, you get it. Like it's, there is, there is, it is very powerful, but I think that's why your advice there, those three, fearlessness and fearlessness also comes when you're in company, when you can find people um, that will stand with you in substance and mockery but tell us that sign is a good segue into talking about your organization cuz that's part of fearlessness giving people uh, support tell us tell us what your group does
1: yeah so so we we started fight for schools and it's at fightforschools.com back in april it was actually the idea was really created on somebody's back deck in my neighborhood. There were about eight <laughs> of us. Uh, it was it was Democrats and Republicans, right? And that's when we decided that it, you know enough was enough mm-hmm. with this school board, and we were going to announce the the recall effort. Um, we put together this Virginia Political Action Committee. We launched it in April. And it's really grown since then. I mean, it's a, you know, we've got a board, but more important than anything else is we, as I said, we have this army of moms volunteering out there that have been gathering signatures for these, these recalls. And I mean, they're at it all day, every day, which is sort of our our motto. And we started the process back in May. And, you know, we're, we're pretty close to the point where we need to be with, with a few of these. So we could be, could be ready to file in court in early September, um, but, you know, one of the things it's it, nobody's getting paid. Right. And, and you oh, know, yeah, it's funny yeah. seeing all these these stories come out about, you know, oh, this is all the win elections and it's all some astroturf. Well, you know, yeah, we raised one hundred and thirty four thousand dollars in two and a half months. But those are all yeah. mostly small donors. And even yep. the big donors were actually in Loudoun County. So they keep trying to find the narrative. And, you know, now there was a, a like I told you, that story in Vice that I'm a mad dad and you've got the <laughs> one of the guys at the Lincoln Project calling me a racist. I'm oh, a that's you know, a cop? Well, hey, I, God. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't understand somebody at the Lincoln Project to understand about fighting for kids. Awesome. Yeah, way. I <laughs> get,
0: yeah, I should say, I, yeah, it gives me a little, the heebie-jeebies whenever I hear kids and Lincoln Project in the same, uh, in the same sense. Yeah. 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 Makes um, me sweat but, a little as
1: well. we are, I mean, it's fantastic. The, the organization we've built and the team of people that are just, I mean, everybody has their own, a sort of particular set of skills yeah. as i as i yeah. say you know whether it's sending FOIAs, whether it's organizing different parents whether it's you know creating these events where we can go out and gather hundreds of signatures uh, it's it's really given people a mission uh, yeah. to to go out there and try and make a change and look it's it's funny because you know critical race theory is, is certainly one piece of of our case against these these school board members but it's right. it, it is that because the very people that were defending critical race theory were attacking parents for having a different point of view. And so the question is, do we want our kids to be brought up like that? No, of yeah. course not. Of course you not. know? Yeah. Yeah. We don't and want li- bullies and we certainly don't want bullies that are public, publicly elected officials.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, the thing is, is that in my town um, I, I, I I posted this on Facebook and I I don't know if you saw it, but it was a picture of the school board and the superintendent showing up to a school board meeting. Really the first one where parents were allowed back in the building um, to be, to make comments in person. And all of them were wearing, I'm on an anti-racist journey t-shirts. They all were wearing the same. It was lockstep. All of them had the same t-shirt on and apparently were, asked to do so, um, by the school administration. So it was like sort of a coordinated thing. And I just think about that, that message. I, I will tell you in Alexandria, it is, it's a strange, this little city is a little strange and that people generally do not speak up. If you look at the open Alexandria schools, Twitter page, they haven't tweeted in months. I mean, they sort of gave up, um, several months ago. Nobody, nobody really speaks up. It's much different than loud and can't, County, And so I think that's probably why I've watched you all so closely. I've sort of been jealous and wanted to move because it is great to see parents speaking up. But when my school board did that, it's just such a message to the community. It's not worth your time coming to complain. It's not worth your time because we've already decided we're not interested in your opinion. To show up like that, it's just such a terrible. It's really an, an unwelcoming message that was sent. And I, th- you know, and I obviously have been, you know, hoping that, that our entire school board in my school or in my city gets gets uh gets unelected. Um, but I really think that that strong community pushback is critical. It's not happening in my town. I'm really glad to see it happening in Loudon County.
1: Yeah. And the school board meetings, I mean, those, as you've talked about, those have become quite the thing. Obviously, the last one um, was was national news. But I would say that it's interesting that, you know, if you go back and you look at the tape, you've got and and here's the difference, right? Here's the difference between the two sides in, in this battle at the parent level. Yeah. There was an individual that got up at the school board meeting. She was one of the first people, and she was she basically turned to insult all the people in the audience, saying, "You know, you all love Jesus, but the guilt is dripping." I don't know something oh, along those yeah. lines, and she got oh, booed. Right now, right. the other parents they're directing their ire at the school board. School board, they're yeah. elected officials. They work for us, and so <laughs> when a, a you know a former senator gets up there, gives a speech, and gets applause they have to shut it down. So they don't shut it down and they, don't, they gave the woman back her time for insulting people in the crowd. But when somebody comes up and gives a speech directed at the school board and there's applause, then they've got to shut it down. Oh, and when yeah. they were moving to shut it down, the entire crowd was quiet. They were respectful until they shut down the meeting and then they booed. They stayed after, they sang the Star Spangled Banner, they oh. read their own speeches and it didn't get to the point where it got until the superintendent declared an unlawful assembly. And that's when, you know, that's when there were there were problems. But you know, it's interesting to see that the chairwoman of the Loudoun County School Board talk about decorum when her (laughs) own school board and one of her school board members was in a group that was plotting against parents and they still have done nothing about it. They haven't said anything about it. They haven't disciplined the member that really lit the fire that created this entire, you know, chaos in Loudoun County. So you want to talk about decorum. How about you show us some decorum and show a little bit of respect for parents and start, you know, stop saying that we're engaged in dog whistle politics or this is all to win elections or we parents are misrepresenting things. You're the one, chairwoman, that is showing a lack of decorum. Yeah, you know,
0: it is really interesting, though, how these groups are all tied together. You mentioned this, you know, Chardonnay Antiva group, and, and then there's members of the school board, members that we have the same thing that happens here in Alexandria. We have this gra- organization called Grassroots Alexandria. Sounds totally nice, right? That is the group that doxed. Um, we have the the acting DHS secretary under Trump lived in my neighborhood and he was doxxed. Well his children, I mean, he could probably I don't know if his children were home, but um, but they did two big sort of you know protests in front of this guy's own house and then guess who was in the protest who was uh, uh, you know participating in the protest a city council member so you have a city council member (laughs) doxing uh you know a a dhs official it's insane and that's why these groups are so bold and 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 why you know ultimately at least in this town and obviously in loudon um you know government officials school board officials they don't care Because they they get away with so much. I mean, the idea that you can have a city council member dox a government official, that, I mean, that's insane. It wouldn't have happened, but I I think it's totally acceptable in this new weird world that we're living in, at least in, at least in dark blue cities and dark blue areas of the country. So, Ian, I am so thrilled to be talking to you. I'm going to be, I'm going to continue to follow what you're doing. I think you're doing great work. um, And I think you're giving parents great advice. So where can they find you? Um, You know, where websites, Twitter accounts, uh, Twitter handles, all that good stuff.
1: Yeah. So, so, so website um, fightforschools.com. Our Twitter is just at fightforschools, and, and my individual Twitter is at E Prior. So follow along. You know, as we move into the school year and as we get closer to our our efforts to remove some of these school board members, that you know, hopefully we're we're providing you know both a, a playbook but also an inspiration to other parents. Um, you know, across the country. And, you know, we talked about the, the three things that I said on that Tucker um, program, which was, you know, substance, fear, fearlessness and mockery. But I think in, there's three more things that parents should think about when they're trying to organize and that's investigate, communicate and activate and doing those three things, you know, sending FOIAs, talking to parents, talking to your kids, finding out what's going on in school. If that's your investigation prong communication, build press lists, build relationships, communicate these things to, you know, individuals that are dealing with the same things and then activate, really try and organize and create a group that can sort of lead the charge and, you know, raise the money that's going to be necessary, whether it's to, you know, try a recall election or try a removal process or even to, to engage in, um, uh, in elections, you know, so those are the kind of things that you just got kind of to keep in mind and, really focus your efforts on trying to do, um, as you move forward.
0: Well, listen, Anna, I'm, I'm going to follow up with you on this. And I think it's something that, um, that you might be interested in too. We have started IW, the, I, I work for IWF, but, there's also IWV, and now there's the Independent Women's Network, and that is a pri- private private um, members-only group for women, and we offer resources to do exactly what you talked about: to investigate, communicate, and activate, and also sort of some some guidance and being fearless, and 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 learning learning about issues so you have the substance and. We haven't really started the lessons on mockery yet, but we might need to do that. But <laughs> what I what I think would be great, and I'll follow up with you, is if our two groups maybe uh, partnered on some uh, on some things, and we would really like to highlight your group in the network and tell women about your group. But I'd also I think there be there's some opportunity for some joint events because I think we have the same goals in mind.
1: Absolutely, we'd love to hear more. Definitely.
0: Thank you again, Ian, for coming on. Keep up the fight and, uh, and keep inspiring people. will be watching. Thanks for coming on Bespoke. Thanks for having me. Thanks, everyone, for being here for another episode of the Bespoke Parenting Hour. If you enjoyed this episode or like the podcast in general, please leave a rating or a review on iTunes. This helps ensure that the podcast reaches as many listeners as possible. If you haven't subscribed to the Bespoke Parenting Hour on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts, Please do so so you won't miss an episode. Don't forget to share this episode and let your friends know that they can get bespoke episodes on their favorite podcast app. From all of us here at the Independent Women's Forum, thanks for listening.